0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Got a good episode here for you. We got two guys that are crushing it, doing deals in a lot of different markets. And I am excited about this because I think there might be some of you out there that can actually do deals with these guys. They are looking to buy more properties and they're looking to buy a lot of them. And so we're going to be talking about that in a minute. But I want to let you guys know that realestateinvestingmastery.com, you can get show notes, you can view our previous episodes, you can join our mailing list, and there's also some links in there where you can leave us a review in iTunes. So if you like the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review in iTunes. You can also leave reviews in Stitcher if you want, Google Play, places like that. And we'd appreciate all the reviews if you like the show. Let us know. Cool. So let's just jump right in at, um, we're going to have Luke Petroza and Brandon Barnes on the show from House Buyer Network. I'm sorry. I I got it wrong. <laughs> Home Home Buyers Network. Luke and Brandon, how are you guys? Doing awesome, Doing well, Joe.
1: Joe. How are you today? Doing well, Joe.
0: Good. Awesome. Where are you guys at right now?
1: So this is Luke. I am in
2: Columbia, South Carolina currently. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Brandon in the great city of Charleston, South Carolina today.
0: So you're about... Two hours apart, is
2: that right? yep,
0: that is about right. Just two hours just about awesome i don't know if I've ever been down in those parts, but I've heard it's beautiful down there in south carolina and uh Clemson is from around there too, isn't it?
2: Unfortunately uh, <laughs> <laughs> why well, do you yeah. say
0: unfortunately, what's up with that
2: i'm a I'm a gamecock fan, so that's our in state rival okay so i don't I don't uh. I don't enjoy too much of the upstate area. So Clemson's up around Greenville, which is give or take about three and a half hours from Charleston.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, they're doing pretty well in the rankings right now.
1: They are. (laughs) They are. One of of our, uh, our guy in Columbia actually is a a big Clemson fan. So we, uh, we have an in, in company rival there, I guess.
0: I tell you though, nothing's going to stop Alabama. I don't know if anything will ever stop them, (laughs) but anyway, we just met, uh, I've known you, Luke, for a little while. I just met Brandon about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Luke and Brandon came down to St. Louis to hang out with a little mastermind that I do. And it was cool to meet you guys and to hang out and talk about your business. And I wanted—I invited them to the podcast. I wanted them to talk more about what they do and talk about the markets that they're buying homes in because there's probably a lot of people here listening that would be uh, definitely interested in selling you guys some good deals. And I and I emphasize the word good, right? Because <laughs> you're looking for good deals. But so, Luke, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate.
3: Yeah, so I think I took a pretty similar path to a lot of folks, you know, came from an engineering background, got a job and came across the the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book and really, you know, kind of flipped the switch on, I guess you know, spend some time learning and investing in some courses and things and eventually picked it up to the point where, you know, I I looked at it as a potential business that could, you know, replace my job and have successfully done that now coming up on a year from November of last year. So yeah, it's been, it's been awesome, man.
0: So you quit your job November of last year. Yep. Awesome. And how long have you been working with Homebuyers Network then?
3: So Brandon and I have known each other for probably about that same amount of time. It was probably last October that we, we first kind of met, you know, we did some deals outside of, you know, kind of partnering up at that point and didn't really know what it would look like to,
1: to kind of join forces, I guess. But, you know, I, I've been with HBN now for, I guess
3: the past three, four months.
0: Okay. It's only been that long. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Cool. Brandon, what about you? How'd you get started in real estate?
2: I came from a little different background. I was food and bev seventeen years, and had my had my daughter, and decided wanted to try to do something new. Went and got my real estate license. I thought that's what I had to do. Ended up meeting my my mentor business partner Matthew Bell, and uh, he started feeding me some books. I, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, but the book that kind of got me started was Grit by Angela Duckworth.
0: Grit and
2: why, and, why grit. Uh, you know, cause I, I didn't know anything about real estate, but I knew that I can outwork people. And, you know, you hear about these people who are, you know, the most intelligent or the best at negotiation or just the best in all these different areas, but maybe they're lacking in something. And I felt that's kind of what I had. I didn't have any knowledge in real estate. I'd never done sales or any, any negotiation. I knew nothing about it but I knew I could work hard. And that's basically kind of what the books is determined about is you don't have to be the best as long as you have the oh. mindset to, to outwork.
0: And this is a book by Angela Duckworth. Correct. Wow. Nice. I have not read it. I've never even heard of anybody else that has recommended it yet, but um, that's cool.
2: Yep. Fantastic book. Everybody that works uh, with HBN, that's it's one of the books that we, we kind of build our, our company around. Nice. But so I, I met Matt and they were looking for somebody to get get HBN started, and and I was at a restaurant and had my daughter, and said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a leap of faith with this gentleman that I probably knew two months, and um, quit my job July 4th of last year, and I haven't looked back since. Did my first deal for sale by owner, and it's just it's been a fun ride. You know, it's about a year and a half now.
0: Nice. You know, another book I was thinking about that you might like that's related similar to that possibly um, is Rhinoceros Success. Have you guys read that book yet? I've not. I've not. Get it. Super awesome book. It'd take you a uh, half hour to an hour to read or listen to. Maybe an hour, maybe two. <laughs> Super s- simple book, really powerful. I think you guys would dig it. And anybody listening to this? get your hands on rhinoceros success. Really good book. Okay. So, um, you guys haven't been in the business for that long, but why don't you talk about what your business looks like today? How many deals are you guys doing a month right now? Or how many houses are you buying?
2: So currently we're doing anywhere from 35 to 50 deals a month right now.
0: (laughs) Did you guys hear that? That wasn't, uh, that wasn't a typo or a, uh, there's no typos in podcast is there? <laughs> but yeah, so 30 to 50, so an average of 40 deals a month you're buying right now, right? Correct. And how many different markets?
2: We are in eight different states and about 17 different cities.
0: Nice. So you you've got some money behind you obviously, right? Yes, sir. Okay, so how does that work? What what what's your uh, what are you guys doing?
2: So we're doing two different pieces. We're working with a, a bunch of wholesalers throughout the eight States that we're in. And then we're also, we have boots on the ground, you know, our acquisition managers in five cities currently. And so we're doing a lot of direct to seller marketing there as well. Okay. And, um, and so we're, we're buying single family residential rental properties.
0: And so are you working with are these properties for yourself? Or are you working with, uh, some large private capital equity, uh, hedge funds type of thing?
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. Large large hedge fund and uh, increasing their portfolio.
0: Beautiful. And so you're you're one of their main guys out there getting the deals for them. Correct. Are you wholesaling any deals or are you just buying them and holding them for, for the for the fund?
2: We're doing some wholesale deals but but one of our main focuses is is working with the fund.
0: Awesome. Wow. Okay so how did you grow so quickly into so many different markets.
2: When I started back in July, it was just myself and we kind of just started networking as as much as we could throughout that. We started expanding, you know, with different acquisition managers and markets, Indianapolis, Charlotte, Birmingham, and, through that, we have a lot of boots on the ground with being with the fund, we can use a lot of their resources. And so that allowed us to do deals and markets that we didn't even have people in. And that's kind of helped us expand a lot quicker to more markets is having some some added resources that are backing us besides financial.
1: Okay, nice, nice. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really what what kind of brought me, you know, caught my attention when I came across, you know, Brandon, you with HBN and just in general, but you know i was trying to do this as a as a one person show you know a single va type of deal and i had to you know do all the calls and set the appointments get the marketing going go show the houses once you had contracts and it's a lot to try to take on with a single person and you know really the opportunity that that hbn had for me at least was you know a lot of that stuff on the back end that that takes up a lot of time with inspections and walking properties and things you know you can use use that to, to your advantage to not have to do that stuff. So, you know, that was a big calling for me and, and something that I realized I needed to get off of my plate as soon as I could. And, uh, you know, we're, we're able to offer that to, to folks that, that are looking to work for us and potentially have the same problems. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how we ended up doing that.
0: All right. So what is your, what does your business look like right now? How, many, how much staff do you have? Do you have to have a big operation, a lot of overhead to, to do what you're doing?
2: We don't. We... We have five acquisition managers. We have two wonderful ladies here in Charleston who live answer all of our calls. And then we have my wife who's kind of the, Hey, can you do this technical person? And then Luke and myself. And the reason for building the team that we have and having as many people is because we do want to have a lot of direct to seller leads. We want to, you know, kind of have be different not have, everything automated through voicemails and things like that and kind of change the the landscape of how it is. Cause we get a lot of people, it's like, Hey, we called your bit, your postcard and you answered the phone. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a voicemail. It wasn't a, maybe we'll call you back in 24 hours. If you like your house, it's, Hey, here's, here's Aaron and Tracy. And, and we want to talk to you about your house.
0: Yeah. So you answer the phones. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I don't know. We answer. I don't know why more people don't do
2: that. it is we we've tried some services and it's the response rate has been dramatically different since going to a live answer person here at local especially Mm -hmm. southern
0: okay very good so talk about like i think a lot of people are wondering right now as they're listening to this well all right where are you guys buying (laughs) where are you buying homes at and how can i get some deals to you Is, is that something we can talk about right now
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so the easiest, easiest way to say it, Brandon, you mentioned it's, it's, it's about seven or eight different states. And basically, we have a, a a website up, if you go to hbnpropertysubmit.com. So HBN is Hotel Bravo November, and then propertiesubmit.com. It'll have all of our criteria and the locations mainly, and then also the the property criteria itself. So we're looking for single families, at least three beds, 1950 built or newer, 1,100 square foot, and all this stuff is kind of laid out there for you. And basically when you when you enter, you know, if you enter a property on there, we have it set up so that it, it tags a campaign to you so that we know who it came from and um, we'll reach out to you with some feedback. And once we, we'll, you know, kind of get a chance to evaluate it and see if it's something that might work for us.
0: Now, how much more, how many homes does this, does this fund want to buy in the next, I mean, like, What's their capacity?
2: So their their goal is 400 single family houses a month. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. It is <laughs> okay. It is. So let's look at this here. I'm looking at this, and it's nice podio form. I like that podio right there. All right, so it's a property submittal page here, and you're saying that your criteria is zero, 000 to hundred fifty thousand dollars. Needs to be under hundred fifty thousand. That's the purchase price. Is there like a max rehab uh, dollar amount?
2: We generally like to stay about $30,000 and below.
0: Okay. So 30000 and less in rehab. And you, your, your company has contractors that do their own rehab, right? And manage their own properties. Correct. Okay, cool. So you have boots on the ground in each of these major cities here?
2: Yes, sir. All
0: right. So... You're looking for homes purchase price under $150,000, 3 plus bedrooms, one-plus bath, at least 1,100 square feet, and needs to be preferably built after 1950, right? Yes, sir. And so you're in uh, South Carolina, the major cities in South Carolina, Augusta, Georgia, the major cities in North Carolina, Birmingham and Huntsville, Alabama. In Ohio, you're in Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, and Dayton. You're in Indianapolis, and you're in Kansas City right now. Are you in any other markets besides those that I just listed?
2: The newest one that we're getting ready to start in is Jackson, Mississippi.
0: Nice. Jackson, Mississippi. Okay, so then when your property submission form here, you select the market, you put your name, your contact information, the house address, the notes on the property, any kind of condition. The more information and better, more pictures you give, the better. You're asking for bedrooms, baths. Is it listed on the MLS? Is it occupied? What's the current rent? A checklist of what repairs are needed. Estimated repair cost. Cool. And increments of $5,000 looks like. Square footage, the asking price, year built, lockbox instructions. And that's it. That's all you guys want to know. You look at the property and then, and then what happens when you get a submission?
1: Yeah. So basically, it once you submit on that form, it comes into, into us internally. We do a quick internal review and then basically push it out to to get the financial approval that we need to be able to move forward or not. So we evaluate based on, you know, there's some other things that that we tend to look at and try to avoid as well just in general with you know like some main main roads and things if it's on a busy intersection we try to stay away from that it's more residential in like pockets and neighborhoods and things. Uh-huh. Any kind of major you know railroad tracks or large commercial buildings or something like that can can also be something that we would you know have to question and, and probably not look at. But in general, yeah that's that's about all we need to know. And then if the if the numbers work and just based on kind of what we see from the area and the location and the rent mainly. We'll reach out to you and, and let you know, you know, where we're at. And, and if it's something that's, we're in the ballpark, then we'll get it inspected and, and go from there.
0: What criteria do they need to be at? I mean, obviously people can't just go to the MLS and submit a bunch of properties to you, right? So is there some, are there certain numbers that people are looking for that you're looking for? Like the rent and a cap rate or what, what would be, yes. what would the offer? What, what are the approximate numbers you're looking for? Sorry, go ahead.
2: Gotcha. So yeah, so um, we, we none of the properties that we have are Section 8 properties. So the rents generally are a little bit higher. We The lowest rent we go is $800. And then the cap rates that we're looking for is 9% all the way up to 10%. It's kind of based on year built. So the older the house, we have a little bit higher cap rate. The newer built the house, it's a little bit lower cap.
0: So talk about the cap rate. That is the net operating income, right? Divided by your acquisition costs. Is that correct? Correct. Does that include like after repairs?
2: It is. So it's it's really it's kind of based on rent return as the whole thing. It's they they back in we back into a price, we say we're gonna rent it for this. This is what the repairs are gonna be, and then everything plugs in and that kind of gives us our number. But the equity piece as far as ARV. It it can play into some of it, but it's not it's not really based on that.
0: Yeah, you're mainly looking at your ROI, your from your rents based on your rents. Correct. Now when you're figuring your cap rate, how do you figure in your net operating income? Are you you, you obviously you're figuring in taxes and insurance? Are you figuring in property management, vacancies, maintenance, repairs, things like that as well?
2: We are all those things one that always sneaks up on us is HO, our HOAs. Mm-hmm. Those all, those always I've, I've seen those be deal breakers a few times when we'll get all the way through due diligence and then it's a $150 a month HOA or something, which is, which can be a big piece.
0: So general rule of thumb, would you figure in like 40, 45% for expenses of your annual rent?
2: I would. Yes, sir.
0: Okay. So let's just look at the numbers and is it okay if we kind of run through an example here real quick? I know, you're not committing to anything, right? <laughs> but yeah, let's, just no. look at let's say a house rents for 900 a month. We take that times 12. That's $10,800 a month. And let's take out 45% for expenses. That's going to be taxes, insurance, property management, vacancies, repairs, and stuff like that. All right, so I'm going to multiply 10,800 times 0.55. So that leaves... in net income for the year. And if you are looking for a 10 cap rate, I'm going to take 5940 divided by 0.10, 0.1, right? So that means you need to be all in after repairs of $59,400. Is that about right? Correct.
2: That's about right. Yeah. I'd say usually a $900 rent house is about 60K. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much spot on.
0: All right. So fifty I'm sorry, 59,400 after repairs. So let's say a house needs 20 grand in repairs. That means you need to sell it to you guys for 39, 400. That would be a good deal that you guys could, would, 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 uh, consider. Absolutely. Nice. That's pretty good. And, uh, you, you guys have plans to expand and grow into new markets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We were in uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City, you know, I guess last month, bringing on a a couple new acquisition managers for us, and we have a couple new markets that we're potentially looking at. Jackson, Mississippi's one, and then a few others that are potentially coming down the pipeline. But yeah, we're gonna, you know, kind of expand as we go and see. It's really based on you know, the contacts that we have there. And if if it's an active investor market and we feel that we can, you know, provide some value and be successful there, we'll certainly go. Yeah, good, good.
0: So um, you guys are doing some of your own marketing, right? So you're not just 100% reliant on other people bringing you deals. You are also out there doing direct to seller marketing yourselves, right? Correct. Yeah. So what do you find is working for you guys right now?
2: So it's it's really kind of market-based. And it, which is, you know, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you take, you take Huntsville, Alabama and Columbia, South Carolina, and those markets have been doing really well with REI vault, which is, which is the company that we use for, for that piece.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And so direct mail has kind of been the big, the big lead generation there where Cincinnati, we're still struggling to find out what that is. We'll take the same amount of money being put in, do the same kind of stuff and that getting the same return so we have developed our own kind of in-house mail program from driving for dollars and so we've started that in all of our markets along with our bandit signs are doing a really good job and then getting stickers on cars Um, we're getting some leads there as well
0: stickers on cars what is that
2: so branding our cars i mean my truck i have a big bright blue truck and painted on it as I buy houses, phone numbers on it, and we get leads. We get leads from that, just driving around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Strategic parking in my tailgate spot for the Carolina games. We get some Columbia leads, so it works.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're a big sports fan, yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah,
1: and it, and it it really comes down how about, to
0: how about those Washington Nationals last night? By the way, <laughs> heartbreaker. Did you watch? Did you watch the game?
2: I did. And then oh. I, well, I'm a Panther fan, so I, I kind of bounced back and forth. Yeah. That replay on first base when he threw him out, man, that, that's a tough call to make.
0: I think I missed that. Uh, where the catcher
2: was. Yeah, he, he picked the guy off on first, and his he slid in, and his foot kind of came off the bag for half a second,
0: uh, allegedly.
2: I missed and that. The, yeah, it so, was the end of the inning. that had some momentum.
0: No, but I was talking about that inning with the Nationals. Um, they choked and gave up four runs, like on, on three errors.
2: Yeah, Max Scherzer's inning, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is dating the podcast, but uh, <laughs> I, I love baseball. And uh, I've been watching more baseball than football. I'm not all that into football right now. But it's going to be an exciting playoff. We've got uh, four really good teams. I don't care who wins as long as it's not the Cubs
2: is that your uh that's st fair. louis bias there
0: uh yeah i guess you can call it that yeah <laughs> they've they've wanted enough for a hundred years you know once is good enough for 109 110 years and we can wait another hundred years before they win another one that's fine
1: with me yeah. <laughs> that's fair. The, the slow trickle of
3: championships yeah uh, i like it
0: yeah but okay so um what you know? Let's let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing with answering the phones. You're answering the calls live. Uh, you've got a couple people in your office that are helping you with that, which is a brilliant move, by the way. Why more people don't do that, I don't know. Maybe they're afraid of it. Maybe they don't want to get the hire the help and the people to help them do that. But is that working pretty well for you guys?
1: Yeah, it really is. And you know, it, it took me a while to to kind of get to that point. And, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that you can really try with that in terms of, you know, from, from taking the call yourself to going to voicemail, to maybe hiring a virtual assistant, or, you know, there's a lot of different avenues that are that are kind of out there. And I've, you know, we've tried most of them and all of them probably at this point. And really when it comes down to it, you're, you know, the first contact with that that lead that you've spent money on marketing going out, that person is calling you, reaching out for help you want to be able to give them some value on the initial piece of it. And, you know, there's not really a good way to do that unless you're actually speaking with them on the phone with a real live person who, you know, can speak at a, at a level that is, you know, able to, to provide that value piece at the beginning and, and you know, get them to the next step where they actually do want to work with you and see if it'd be a good fit. So, you know, we found it to be a big piece of what we're doing. And it's definitely the, the linchpin of, of kind of everything, really. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend, going out and finding someone in your local market, you know, just working with them, being able to meet them face to face each week and yeah, setting it up. I think it's a, it's a great way to do it. Nice. Nice.
0: So when they call, what do you guys do? You just, how much do you pre-screen the sellers when they call? Do you try to make them an offer on the phone? Do you just set up an appointment? What do you do?
3: Yeah, it's, I mean, a little bit of pre-screening, right? We want to get some information, mainly just asking some questions about, you know, their situation, kind of what they're, what they're looking for and what they're looking to, to kind of see happen. It's not really, you know, no hard kind of script or anything. We're not, not too big on the the script pieces, but it's, you know, a series of questions to get the information that we need and try to find out if it's something that we would be able to, to help with. And, um. You know, so there's basic property information, kind of what's your situation, you know, time frame, and really what what they're looking to to happen in terms of the price of the house. So, but how, pretty basic. how
0: it is basic, but how quickly do you what 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 kind of criteria do you have to have before you make the appointment and your and your guy goes out there? Um, any,
3: yeah, really, it's anybody that's looking to sell a house is is pretty much you know people that we're trying to get in front of and beautiful, you know we're not too selective on our appointments. We're we're trying to meet as many people as we can because you never know, right? If you meet somebody this time and go out there and meet them, even if you don't end up getting a contract today, you went and did that and you built that relationship. And then maybe two weeks or three weeks or four or five months from now, they call you back and, and have been responding to your, your emails and follow-ups and things and say, Hey, you know, this, this guy was a, a pretty good guy. So we want to get in front of as many people as possible and uh, really, that's the big piece that we're trying to grow is that that personal touch to it, where we can actually go sit down with a person in their home.
0: Wow. That's so profound. It really is because you're going to find sellers that when you talk to them on the phone, you have no idea how motivated they might really be, right? They're good at hiding why they sell. But if they're calling you, knowing that you're an investor just the fact that they're even willing to talk with you is most of the time a sign enough that they might have some serious motivation, right? right. And uh you go and meet with them and, and you'll be shocked, at least in my experience for for what I hear from other people as well, that you know, they may tell you that they want fifty fourth home on the phone, but when you meet with them, you might get them down to forty just because they like you and they've built you've built that trust and rapport.
2: Yeah, yeah that was absolutely that was a that was a big fear for me when I first started. I would We'd spend money on marketing. We would take the calls. I'd go on the appointment and then I wouldn't make the offer. And I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) I don't want to be I don't want to control their situation. I don't want them to to not do something because of me. You know, I'm here to help them. And if my offer does help them, whether it's it's what they're looking for initially or not, you know, that's our goals. Yeah. We want to go on every appointment, we want to talk to every seller, we want to hear. How we can help and then you know structure something around to help as much as possible. And a big piece that we do, I, I think you asked Luke a little bit on the time frame of it. It's all based on how quickly the seller wants to meet. When when they call into us and, and our inside sales handles the phone call, mm-hmm. they have the ability to make an appointment immediately. Yeah. So it's not, hey, we're gonna call, we're gonna evaluate the property, then we'll call you back in 24 hours and set an appointment. It's hey, one, two, three, main street is what you have. Can we meet Wednesday at 9 a.m.? It's sent to our acquisition manager and to the seller, and, and we go immediately set the appointment.
0: Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. And why people don't do that more? I never know. Never know. But um, <laughs> okay, so you have these boots on the ground. How many acquisition managers do you guys
2: have? Five currently.
0: Okay. Talk about how you find a good acquisitions
2: manager. That's a good question. In like in in, in, in like
0: in, in 5 seconds or less. I'm just kidding.
2: It truly has been a struggle. We're kind of in our second iteration of acquisition managers. The first sets we had really didn't have the mindsets we were looking for, I guess, and we didn't discover it until after they were they're already working. Um I think the biggest thing that you have to have is is somewhat empathetic that can that can walk into a house and 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 relate because a lot of this is emotional for the seller and then charismatic and somebody who kind of has a little bit of the grit is what we're looking for. Yeah. How do you find them? We're, we've tried multiple sources. We've tried indeed. We've tried social media. We tried Craigslist. We've, we actually have a, a recruiter working for us in a couple markets as well. So it's, it's it definitely has been a difficult piece.
0: I am uh sending you guys a link right now in Skype. And uh I have no th- there's a book that one of my coaching clients wrote. I've been working with him for about 4 years now. Um, he's he's been crushing it for a while. I started working with him 4 years ago. His name is Brian Elwood. I just interviewed him for a podcast and he wrote a book called Fire Yourself. And it's about 70 pages long and it's a real simple short read but it's jam packed with a lot of good information a lot of you guys probably already know since you've been you know you've been hiring and you, you know these guys but uh, fireyourself.net is a book you can get it for free he charges shipping and handling but for you guys Brandon and Luke you might find some interest in that and anybody else listening to this shameless plug i don't get any kind of a commissions or affiliates but it's just a simple book fire yourself by uh, a guy named Brian Elwood. Really good book. And um, by the time that this podcast is released, I would have just released a week or two ago that interview with Brian Elwood. I really recommend you guys listen to that. But yeah, that's a, that's a, I I sent you guys a link there in Skype, but that's, that's a really, really tough challenge, you know, because you're dealing with people. Anytime you deal with people, it's hard to find good people, (laughs) you know, It is, but, uh, Okay, cool. One of the things we talked about guys at the mastermind was trying to get more people to bring you deals and you guys representing yourselves in a little different angle. Talk about that. Do you think that was, that was helpful that discussion, those conversations that we had?
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I mean, it was, you know, for anybody has you know, followed you Joe and anybody that hasn't and just kind of come across you, man, I, I do highly recommend you know, taking a look at your stuff, I can't say that enough. It's it's really done wonders for me, and uh, you know, and what we're doing with HBN. But just in general, you know, it's good to have that kind of third party perspective on what you're doing. You know, you, it's easy to get tied up in the day to day and kind of get into the groove of what you're doing, and to take a step back and kind of get somebody else's opinion. That was very helpful for us. It was, you know, it's still something that we're talking about and. It, have started to, to implement some things just based on that, you know, just a single day kind of looking at some things. So it's, it's certainly, certainly an awesome opportunity. I highly recommend anybody else to, to be able to take that chance if you can, but yeah, it's, it was very insightful for us for sure. Well, that's
0: good to hear. Those of you that don't know what we're talking about is um, the idea of when you've got good buyers, which obviously Brandon and Luke do behind them, when you're looking for deals, One of the things that I did back in 2013, 2014 with my acquisitions manager, we started wholesaling about four or five deals a week, and we shifted all of our efforts from marketing for sellers to actual marketing for buyers. And once we found really good buyers, we just started working our network of realtors, investors, property managers, other wholesalers, anybody in the game in our market. We would contact them once a week and say, hey, we are looking for deals. If you've got anything, please send it to us. This is what we're looking for. This is our criteria. We're looking in these areas, real similar to what Luke and Brandon are doing on their website. And we started getting people to bring us deals, and it was shocking how many people would bring us deals and were just happy to make a thousand bucks. Or they got it under contract. They weren't able to sell it because they weren't in it deep enough. They brought the deal to us and said, hey, listen, I got to close on this thing next week I have it under contract for whatever, $45,000 and I can't sell it. Can you help me? And we would say, well, yeah, we can certainly help you. But we can't, we'll buy it from you for 40. So they would go back to the seller, renegotiate a lower price, and then we would buy it and then turn around and wholesale it to our to our end buyers. But presenting yourself as the the guy with a million dollars burning a hole in your pocket makes a huge difference. And it, it, it helps people bring you their deals. Let somebody else do all that hard work of marketing and pre-screening the calls and, and meeting on the appointments and getting people to bring you their deals. I think it's a brilliant strategy. It worked for us really, really well for close to a year. And then my acquisitions manager and I uh, friendly uh, uh, parted ways. We stopped working together for various reasons, but we, we parted ways as friends. And uh, it was after that, that I started uh, traveling more. And wholesaling deals with other partners. But anyway, something to uh, to stick in your pipe and smoke, if that's your thing.
2: <laughs> more of a cigar guy, but I'll take it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roll it in your cigar and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. So um, what do you guys need right now in your business? What are some of the things that you guys need more of?
2: Well, one, our acquisition managers and and some of our markets we're looking to go into. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in, in potentially, you know, joining HBN, we'd we'd love to love to chat with you and see if we can make it work. We provide a lot of stuff. And so I think if, if the right relationships made, it can be a lot of value for, for everybody. And then uh and, and properties.
0: By the way, your your contact information, your phone number and your email is on HBN right? Correct. Yep. Do you mind if I give you the phone number out right now? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. All right, here's Luke's cell phone number. No, I'm just kidding. It's 866-800-7578. <laughs> 866-800-7578. If you're in one of these markets that we named before, and uh, maybe there's an opportunity for you to be an acquisitions manager, there's also the email address, which might be the best way, List at gmail.com. HBN wholesaler, wholesaler list at gmail.com. And that'd be a good way to reach you guys. But uh, so you're looking for acquisition managers and you're also looking for properties, right? You're looking for deals.
2: Lots of deals. Yes. Yes. Our, our goal, our goal kind of we're we're big traction VTO company. And, and so we, when Luke and I partnered up and we, we did our vision traction organizer together our deal. Our first kind of goal is to get to 100 transactions a month, and so we're we're creeping that way, but we still have a long way to go. So we need help, and then uh, and also one of it was to have 10 acquisition managers by the end of 2017. And mm-hmm. So those those are the two things that we're really pushing and focusing on uh, for the next three months, I guess. Cool. Hey,
0: I got another question that I forgot to ask you guys. Uh, when somebody submits a property to you what is the process? What happens after that?
1: You will get an email that tells you about the process actually. So okay, <laughs> Yep, you'll get an email and it kind of outlines the, you know, the expectations, the timeframes, and just kind of general what, you know, what we're going to do. And essentially it's, you know, it takes us a, a day or so to kind of look them over. And then typically within about a 72 hour period or so, Business days, business hours, we can have some kind of answer to you whether or not it's going to be something that we can pursue or not. And then we'll either reach out to you um, and say, hey, this one's not going to be a fit for us, or it will be something that, hey, this one might work. And can we set up an inspection to go take a look at it?
0: So, do you want the person who's submitting the property to get it under contract first?
1: We do prefer to have, you know, whoever the direct contract holder is, as the wholesaler submitting it, you know, that is preferred, obviously, just to, to make it a little bit easier with the communications and, and get an inspection set up so we're not you know talking to 10 different people about who has the keys and that kind of thing but yeah you know any kind of deal obviously is is something we'll take a look at but as long as we can get access to the place that's really all we need
2: and if it is a newer you know a newer wholesaler is trying to get started in it we definitely kind of understand you know the fears and so we want to help in that so we do have some tools that we could potentially provide to help them and so if they don't have a contract yet but they are open to us and say, Hey, this is what's going on. Then we're more apt to helping, you know, Daisy chain stuff we try to stay away from as Luke yeah. said. So we're not bouncing around hundred people, but if it's a new wholesaler and you have a lead and you want to know if we'd be willing to do it, you know, come to us and uh, we'll definitely try to help you come back with a price that you can go back to your seller with. And then if it's something that works, we'll let you use our contract and things like that to help you out. So,
0: to pay the wholesaler, what do you guys prefer? A uh, double close, an assignment, something after closing, if you can do that, if that's legal? I don't know.
2: Assi- assignment. Okay. Assignments are the easiest. Yeah. We'll, a wholesaler, we'll help them write the purchase and sale agreement. We'll help them with their assignment contract and actually assign it to us. You know, we're, we're completely transparent with everything that we do. And our goal is to kind of make the network of investing stronger. And so, anything we can do to help, we, we want to do cool
0: and so you'll pay the assignment fee at closing it happens at the title company or with the attorney correct
2: right? yep yep
0: and if it meets your criteria you know don't necessarily care about the assignment fee how small or how big it is
2: correct but the biggest the biggest thing that we let everybody know is hey if you're going to make a $25,000 assignment fee but you're only going to make a $2,000 assignment fee on a second time you know we still want to do both deals you know, and that, and that's, that's kind of our piece is like, Hey, let's get this one on our contract and go to the next one. Cause once you send it to us and everything's approved, it's closed, it's done. And so you can have ease of mind and go start working on your next deal. That's
0: nice. It's good. All right. So then let's say somebody makes an offer on a house that's on the MLS and the offer gets accepted. There's a two week inspection contingency. They immediately submit it to you. How quickly could you give them an answer and how quickly could you get your Inspector to the house to look at it.
2: MLS is tough, but I mean we can work around anything. Generally, like Luke said, it takes us about forty-eight to seventy-two hours to get an answer as far as price, and then depending on after price, if price works, depending on that, it's how easily the property is accessible. We can get somebody out there the next day. That's that's not a problem. Usually, where our hangup is is us having the ability to access the house we will show up and nobody has a key or there's no lockbox or the tenant doesn't let us in or, or, and so it's all kind of based on how easy to access is.
0: So if, if a wholesaler listening to this wants to do a lot of deals with you guys, let me give you a really good suggestion or hint, make it easy for Luke and Brandon and HBN to get in there and look at the house, Right. Don't just say, "Well, here's a deal, go for it. It's all yours. you know you need to be actively involved and proactive with these things and schedule these things and get the parties all together so that they can get in there and look at the house and make it as easy as possible for them is that is that good advice guys? That's great advice
1: absolutely <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah for whatever you for for heaven's sake, like I have an attorney that does um a lot of my lease option deals, and I can just. As soon as I find a seller and I find a buyer, I could just send him the information and let him do all of the paperwork and get everything signed from by all the different parties and stuff. But it's going to take a while. And there's a lot of back and forth going on. There's phone tag. There, I mean, nobody answers their phones anymore, right? So the easiest way is just get the paperwork while well, you have the parties there yourself. Get the Get them to sign the paperwork. Get them... To fill everything out right then and there as quickly as you can, and then send the signed paperwork to the attorney. And if he has to fix it or adjust anything, he can. But just helps. You got to do some of their job for them, even though, yeah. So I don't know. That's a kind of a tangent, but it's it's important, right? You guys, it is absolutely. All right, all right. Very good. So uh, I want to ask you then something you just said. You said the um, MLS deals are a little harder. Why is that?
2: HBN. As far as the funding goes, we handle all the off-market stuff. Okay. There's a team that handles all of the MLS stuff. It basically takes care of the MLS, upload every night, and then offers are automatically generated on those.
0: So in the markets you're in, you already have guys making offers on the MLS properties.
2: Correct. So a lot of times we're just going against each other. Oh, really? If somebody else is making an MLS offer, and so it, it... Typically doesn't work out. I'm not saying we haven't ever done it and we won't continue to still try, but generally it just ends us, it puts us in a bidding war with ourselves.
0: Ah, interesting. Okay. So, I mean, I'm just curious, are you guys doing that yourself or do you, is there another uh, part of HBN that's doing that?
2: Uh, there's another part.
0: Okay. Makes sense. So you prefer direct to seller leads, deals. Correct. Nice. All right, cool. Well, any other advice that you guys have for for folks listening to this? Maybe want to do some deals with you and send you some stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, just, just general advice. You know, one of the things that was really cool for me and, and kind of coming on board with HBN was kind of really looking back on what I had done, you know, up until that point in my you know investing career, I guess you'd call it. And all the things that I did incorrectly and wrong and and didn't do well, it was kind of a a good chance to reflect on that. And and what it boiled down to for me was the simplest stuff that you can do in terms of just getting your marketing out there consistently and answering phone calls is such a huge piece of this business. And if you do those two things and do nothing else, you will still have a high chance to succeed. Um, If you do not do either of those, you probably won't. So, you know, you gotta boil it down to it. You can get pretty in depth with all the the podio stuff. I'm a big podio person, but you can really, really just make it as simple as you need it to. And, you know, send out marketing, you need leads coming in and you need to be able to talk to people and see if you can work with them. But it's kind of what it boiled down to for, from my perspective.
0: Nice. Nice. Good. Anything from you, Brandon?
1: Yeah. And
2: and so my kind of piece to it and, and Luke, you're absolutely correct. It's amazing. If you do marketing and answer the phone, you can do deals. My kind of piece to it, you know, goes out to to people trying to wholesale and, and do this as well. And I've learned it in my short investing career is understand that you need to add more value to whatever situation you're being presented in. Um, if you're dealing with a seller, if you're dealing with the buyer, you know, everybody thinks that they have to make their lick on this house or they have to beat up a seller. They have to do all these things that don't have to be done. If you want to build a good relationship with a buyer and build a good relationship with the seller, add value to both sides and, and, you know, make it the best transactions possible and just plan on doing more of them instead of just trying to do one. And that's, that's a big thing that I, I learned quickly instead of just trying to take the biggest spread I can or, or, or beat up both sides, you know. Hey, let's let's build a good relationship so we can work together for for years on years.
0: That's good. Real good advice. All right. Again, guys, that website is HBN com HBN for house our home buyers network, propertiesubmit.com. And the phone number, email address is on that website. It's where you can submit some properties. And uh, I can vouch for Luke and Brandon. They're good guys. They do what they say they're going to do. And it's been a pleasure. It's been a good podcast, guys. I appreciate it.
2: Joe, I appreciate you having us on. Yeah. Thank you so much, Joe.
0: Man, best of and, success. And we, to... Go ahead. Yeah.
2: Oh, and I'd say for anybody out there, I recommend Joe McCall 100%. I met, we met for the first time, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. And I told Luke when we left because Luke's been, Luke's been a Joe McCall fan since I've met him. And, uh, and I, and I told him, I said, for what you did a couple weeks ago to, to take time out of your day to help other people with their business and really show the interest and and care for it was, was pretty powerful. And I appreciate that. And so anybody out there listening to Joe, he's a, he's a good person to hang your hat on and and try to work with and, and learn what he's doing. Hey, I appreciate
0: that. That was unsolicited. I'll send you a check in the mail. All right. (laughs) Uh, and if anybody's interested in getting some more information on coming down to St. Louis for a day uh, on a small little mastermind like that, just go to coachjoe.net, and there's a little application there that you can fill out, coachjoe.net. Hey, thanks, Luke and Brandon. I appreciate you guys very much.
3: Thank you, I Jeff. appreciate it, Thank you. All
0: right. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you.